Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now a message from Pastor Paul Kern. Well, we're going to be talking about the law of dominion. We've been teaching about kingdom laws. Uh, for those of you maybe who are joining us uh, on our live stream or our podcast and you haven't been a part of this series that we've been doing, we've got quite a few that we've covered up to this point. <clears throat> our vision for our church this year is, is the kingdom of God. And that's what we've been discussing all year long and really trying to lead our church in that direction um, becoming more conscious of God's invisible kingdom. God has an invisible kingdom, and uh, we need to be definitely aware of it and how it functions. Jesus revealed so much of, to us about this kingdom, what this kingdom looks like, how this kingdom operates. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught about the mandate of the kingdom. He gave us the constitution of the kingdom in the Sermon on the Mount. We see the constitution of God's kingdom. We see the cabinet members of his kingdom, which are the disciples. And so he's, he's setting up his kingdom government here on this earth and giving us an illustration through him taking on the disciples and leading the disciples and sending them out two by two how we are to live our life. So up to this point, we've looked at the law of reciprocity. We looked at the law of use. We've looked at the law of perseverance, the law of responsibility the law of greatness, the law of unity, and then Josh, just this last Wednesday, did the law of miracles. In this session, we're going to be looking at the law of dominion. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, and go to verse 26. We're going to look at a couple of verses here. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Familiar passage to us. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over, everybody say rule, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals. Are we seeing this? This, this ruling, this ruling and reigning over all the creatures that move on the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and, help me, subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. So here we see a kingdom law, okay? The law of dominion, the law of ruling, subduing. So just as God rules and reigns in heaven, he wants us to rule and reign on earth, okay? It's, it, we are created in his image, and therefore we are to do what God does. God rules in heaven. That's where his rule is. Well, our rule is here on earth. He set us in charge here on this planet. Now, we know in the temptation of Adam and Eve by the serpent, this led to the fall of man and the relinquishing of man's God-given authority that God had given him, because God put Adam and Eve in charge of Eden. He, that was their total responsibility, and they relinquished that through the fall, and that's what we call the fall of man. And from that point forward, man lived defeated and enslaved by sin. For thousands of years, we see this taking place. But the original plan 
from God was for man to have dominion. Amen? So God heard man's cry for help. Where Adam failed, Jesus would succeed. Jesus would come and he would succeed. So God sent Jesus as the second Adam to recapture the dominion that man had relinquished in the fall. That was the whole, so where the first Adam failed, the second Adam would succeed. This is dominion theology, okay? This is what dominion theology is. So we don't have a mentality in our church of, you know, we're just hanging on until Jesus comes back and saves us from this wretched world. You know, we don't have the mentality in our church that, you know, <clears throat> and, and don't misunderstand what I'm saying because this could, this could be misunderstood. But we don't have the mentality in our church of, well, we're just waiting and, and praying for God to come save us. Now, God does save us. He's the only one who can save us. But you have to understand, it, 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 there was a saying that I heard one time, and it goes like this, God alone can save the world, but he can't save the world alone. See, he needs us to usher in his will. He needs us to make those connections, those divine appointments. He needs us to pray his will here. And that's why Jesus said, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we look at Genesis 126, mankind was specifically given authority over serpents. Eve refused to exercise her authority over the serpent. And we see when you don't use what you have, the law of use, it's taken from you, right? And so Eve did not use the authority that she was given by God, and that was taken away. So God wants us to appropriate the law of use to work in favor and reclaim the original dominion that we were given in Eden, that we lost. And here's what I want you to see. God didn't take dominion away from man in the fall. God gave man dominion. God, you know, it's like, okay, it's like God giving gifts. Okay, so we know there's nine gifts and there's nine fruit of the Spirit, right? And so God gives these gifts, whether it be the gift of prophecy, the gift of miracles, the gift of healing, the, the gift of tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues, the gift of service, whatever. God gives these gifts. Now, when we make mistakes, God doesn't take them back. It says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And so thank God <laughs> that God doesn't give us stuff, and when we make a mistake, he takes it back. So it's the same here with dominion, <clears throat> excuse me, the, th the same here with dominion theology. Man still had dominion, but man lost his relationship with God, and therefore he lost his understanding of how to exercise dominion properly. And so much of the church world today Dominion theology and the understanding of the law of dominion has escaped the church. And so we're just waiting for God to come back and rescue us, and that's why people who don't understand dominion theology, they don't vote. 
They don't exercise their God-given authority that God's given them to rebuke demons and darkness and ungodliness in their communities, to exercise authority over addictions in their life, and to rebuke that, to speak life out of your mouth according to the Word of God that has power and authority. Amen? See this? See, this gets lost. <clears throat> and so from that point, when Adam and Eve, when they sinned, and they didn't exercise their God-given authority and dominion, we see man slowly losing his dominion over a period of, of, of hundreds of years, and man becomes enslaved to sin. Now, Jesus taught his disciples. As a matter of fact, go to Matthew chapter 16. Let's look at this together. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16, and uh, we're going to read verses 17 through 19. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. Now, he changed his name. <clears throat> you know, he went from Simon, this unstable guy, to Peter, a, a, a piece of the rock, right? That's what that's what Peter means. It means a piece of the rock. Because Jesus is the Petra. He is the big rock. He's the big rock, right? We're just, we're the little stone. And it says, Blessed are you, Simon, for this revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. What rock? The rock of the revelation that he had about who Jesus is. <clears throat> that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that He's the Messiah. And He says, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And I will give you, everybody say this with me, keys. Keys to what? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. Wow. And whatever you, everybody say me, or I, so whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay, so we see Jesus teaching his disciples the kind of authority that's been released to them from the beginning. Jesus was revealing this truth to open their eyes to the <clears throat> revelation of dominion theology. And that's what this is all about right here. So, once again, the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, you know, we are to bring God's dominion, rule and reign to earth. We are the vessels by which He transports that here, and that is released. We, we're called to release that. We release that through prayer. We release that through how we live our lives as disciples. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29, it says, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth. Did y'all hear that? I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds of the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground. Everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food, and it was so. Okay? So God gave mankind authority over all of it. 
Are we seeing this? Over the whole earth, we've been given authority. I mean, God even went down to the seed. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm talking about all the way down to the seed, I've given you authority and dominion over this. That's God's plan. But in the fall of man, dominion was, was reversed. So see, man was given dominion over seed and plants and fruit and animals and everything else, yet in the fall, that dominion got reversed and mankind became slaves to seeds and plants and fruit and animals. For example, let me just give you an example. Take the tobacco plant, okay? of which we're supposed to have dominion over. Man didn't take dominion, instead he became enslaved to it. Let me just give you some interesting numbers. The overall mortality among male and female smokers in the United States of America is three times higher than among similar people who have never smoked. Cigarette smoking causes about one of every five deaths in the United States every year. More than 480,000 deaths annually and this includes death from secondhand smoking, okay, occurs in the United States. Every year, listen to this, every year smoking costs the United States of America $300 billion because that includes medical care and lost productivity on the job. $300 billion simply because man did not exercise his dominion over the tobacco plant. And so people are enslaved and, and addicted to and controlled by tobacco. I used to be one of those. Jesus set me free. If, if you're controlled by tobacco, if you're listening to me on podcast or live stream or here with us, Jesus can set you free. And guess what? You can take that money that the devil's stealing from you and you can use it for much greater things. Much greater things. So there's no condemnation. I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying that God's given you dominion over that in your life. Let, let, let's look at another one, another, some other plants. The misuse of corn, barley, rye, grapes. They've led to alcoholism in our country. It bondage of thousands of people. It's estimated that about 95,000, uh, I'm sorry, 90, yeah, 95,000 people die annually from uh, drinking alcohol. Now, this is a little... This statistic's a little old, it goes back to 2010, but this is the most recent one that I could find. In 2010, alcohol misuse cost the United States $249 billion, $249 billion. In 2016, three million deaths globally were from alcohol, drinking alcohol. That's 5.3% of global deaths point to alcohol. 5.3% of all the people that die all over the world has to do with alcohol. The societal cost of tobacco, alcohol, and illegal drugs is about 6% of our nation's income, okay? so. That's about $532 billion a year. It's a lot of money. I found this really interesting. Listen to this. The cost to the United States is $1.4 trillion a year in healthcare, crime, and incarceration when related to alcohol, tobacco, 
and illegal drugs. Now, <clears throat> just to kind of let you wrap your head around this, because I, I don't, you know, I can't even comprehend $1.4 trillion. <clears throat> That's totally beyond my ability. But this will help you. There's about 329 million people in the United States of America. Between 329 and 350 million is where we're at right now. If you took $1.4 trillion and you divided it by 329 million people, that would be $4,307 per person. So about $4,300 a year of your tax dollars go to the enslavement that people have from alcohol, tobacco, and illegal drugs. Mm. Clearly, when man broke free of God's authority, he lost control of himself. See, without a clear relationship with the Lord, and I'm so grateful that, you know, Tim and, and Josh and even myself, we preach a lot about going to the secret place and spending time with the Lord and submitting your life to Jesus Christ. There has to be a surrender in your life. There has to be a point in time that you lay your life down before the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Nothing else will, will steer my life, control my life other than you, and I surrender my life. And that's not just something that you do one time. I mean, obviously, there's a, a point in time where you make that decision, but the Apostle Paul said, I take up my cross daily. See, we decide daily who is going to be exercising dominion over our life. And without a clear relationship with the Lord, mankind became captive to his fleshly appetites. And boy, we got a lot of them. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, and we all know this in this room, but you know, we need to, we need to remind some of these guys up in government. They can't save us. Mankind can't save himself. Look at the mess that we've made. I mean, huge mess. And, it, and it's because we have lost the understanding of taking dominion, walking in the authority that we've been given, knowing our identity in Jesus. In John chapter 8, um, Jesus is talking and he says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will, help me, set you free. And they answered him, well, we're Abraham's descendants, and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? <laughs> they didn't understand what he was, the enslavement that he was talking about, did they? And Jesus replied to them, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if, the, listen to this, so if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Powerful. See, when, when we, through Jesus, we reassert God's authority over ourselves, 
then we're capable of reasserting God's authority over creation. See, then we're able of reasserting God's authority and taking dominion over every facet of this world. Now, before we can embrace the law of dominion, we have to understand something that Jesus taught us in Scripture. Uh, go, to, go with me to Mark chapter 16. I want to look at this one together. We have to understand something that Jesus taught us. And there's actually three different verses that I want to look at. The first one is Mark 16, verse 20. It says, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them. Did y'all hear that? And the Lord worked what? With them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. All right, let's look at another one. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll get a little Bible drill tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It's another good one. It says, Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. 2 Corinthians 5.20. 2 Corinthians 5.20. This will be one that you've probably read at some point or have heard. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And there's so many other scriptures that we just don't have time, but there's so many more scriptures. But here's what I want you to understand. When Jesus gave us this authority as his disciples, he's saying, I reestablish your authority over the one who robbed you in the garden. See, I'm reestablishing this authority. You can now reassert your dominion because you have now been given authority. Because Jesus came and we know that when Jesus laid down his life and he sacrificed himself for us, number one, he forgave all of our sins, past, present, and future, praise God. But then it says that Jesus went into the heart of the earth, and that's where hell is. He went into the heart of the earth, and he set captive all those that were, or he set free all those that were captive. And he took the keys of authority, and, you know, that wasn't a, a peaceful handover, but he took them. And now he has them, and he has now given them back to us, okay? He, here, I'm reasserting that. Now, <clears throat> Hosea 4.6 says, people perish for lack of knowledge. Now, if you don't know that you have authority over yourself, then you'll think that you're just controlled by your flesh. See, I used to think that. I mean, wh whatever my flesh wanted, my flesh got. If my flesh wanted to be in a bad mood, it was in a bad mood. If it wanted to eat junk food, it ain't junk food. If it wanted to sleep in and not go to work, if it wanted to drink, if it wanted to smoke, whatever it was, I was not in control. My flesh was in control. But when I got born again, I got some knowledge. See, I got enlightened. I got the mind of Christ. 
And I'm thankful that people taught me, I don't have to be a slave to myself. As a matter of fact, I was taught that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, and I tell myself what to do. Have y'all ever just like been in a bad mood? For no reason? Hmm? You just woke up mad, grouchy, grumpy. You ever had somebody tell you that? You're grumpy. You know, you know what I've done on many occasions? I've gone to my mirror and I've looked at it and I pointed my finger at me and said, you're not going to act like that. You straighten up. You're a man of God. You got a call on your life. God's got a plan for you. So you're not going to talk like that, act like that, think like that, or do that because that's not who you are. Now you act right. Now, I don't know if y'all have ever had conversations. Now, I know you've had conversations with your kids like that. You might need to have a conversation with yourself like that. See, we know how to exercise dominion over our children, and we may know how to exercise dominion over our employees, but do we know how to exercise dominion over ourselves? See, we have to exercise dominion over ourselves. My wife and I just built, finished building the house. Let me tell you something. Whew, that's hard. And I had to exercise a lot of dominion over myself. Probably didn't do it nearly enough as I should have, but I exercised that authority. Listen, if you don't have the knowledge that you are a co-laborer with Jesus Christ and you have been given authority by Jesus, then you won't exercise the dominion authority that you've been given. Now, let me just give you an example. So let's kind of look at this in a sense of prayer. And I've taught this before, but just to give you a reminder. So prayer has so much to do with dominion, the law of dominion and dominion theology. So think about it this way. Other than the creation of the world, think of something that God did without the cooperation of a person. To save the world from a, a flood, he used who? Noah. To deliver his people from the bondage of Pharaoh and slavery, who did he use? Moses. To redeem the world from sin, who did he use? Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. See, that God has never done anything on this planet outside of the cooperation of a human being. See, that's dominion. Now, is God capable? Yes. But what we have to understand is God plays by his own rules. God doesn't make a rule and then not play by it. So when God says, you know, I reign in heaven, you reign on earth, I'm putting you in charge. So if we want God to do something here, guess what? We're going to be the ones that give God permission, which I know that sounds weird, but we're going to be the ones that gives God permission to interfere. We have to invite him in. Just like, did anybody in here when you got saved, did Jesus grab your arm, twist it behind your back and say, say uncle, or say Jesus is my savior? No. That was voluntary. 
You had to do that on your own. You had to exercise the authority of your mouth and your mind, and you had to submit. Does that make sense? And it's the same with prayer. You know, if God's going to do anything in this world, you know, if there's going to be any intervention from planet heaven on planet earth, it's going to come as a result of us ushering that in. And that's why Jesus said, you know, in the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, we co-labor, we're partners with the Lord. So, you know, I, this is, I think this is such a great example, and I'll never forget Tim doing this. Because I was, I was young in the Lord, and this was kind of a new thing to me. I'm going to tell on you. We were in a men's seminar. Man, God was moving. Men were coming up, getting prayed over. There was powerful things happening. Men were crying. Men were getting delivered. It, it was awesome. And this guy came up you know, in, in line, there was a bunch of them. And Tim was kind of going down through and praying over different ones. And he come to this guy and he'd just been laying hands on people. And when he got to this guy, he just, he was getting ready to lay his hands on him. He just stopped. He didn't lay his hands on him. And cause I was, I was kind of like the catcher. You know, they didn't have those in the New Testament church, but we had them there. So I was like the catcher. If the Holy Spirit got you, I would catch you. And so I saw Tim do that. And and Tim asked the guy, he said, what do you want me to pray for you about? And he says, well, I want to be delivered of smoking cigarettes. And Tim said, and I'll never forget him saying this. He said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll pray for you to be delivered from smoking cigarettes if you will promise me you will never put another cigarette to your lips as long as you live. And he says, as a matter of fact, when you go home, I want you to tell 10 people your family and people that you work with that you have been delivered from smoking cigarettes. And you know what this guy's response was? Well, I will if I get delivered. See, he didn't understand dominion, the law of dominion. He didn't understand dominion theology. See, lots of times it's like, you know, we, we want God to do something that we're unwilling to do ourselves. But see, we co-labor with God. We partner with God. So as, we, you know, James says it. He says, if you'll draw near to God, God will what? He'll draw near to you. See, that's the way it works with the Lord. See, understanding the law of dominion changes the way we approach problems in life. And this is what I want our church to get a hold of because we want to equip our people in our church and our listeners with power. When the Holy Spirit came, Jesus said, you will receive what? Power. Power over yourself. Power over seeds and plants and animals and sin. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, he's come upon you. And guess what? You got power, baby. You got power. See, instead of seeing God as this cosmic bellhop or some fireman that runs around extinguishing fires for us or like, 
you know, a genie in a lamp and we're rubbing it and he comes out and let me give you three wishes. No, we understand that God has placed us here and he has put us in charge and he has given us power and authority. He has given us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He has given us the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He has given us common sense. He's given us his son. He's given us his word. As a matter of fact, the Bible says you have been given everything that you need for a life of God godliness, and victory in Christ Jesus. So any influence from the realm of heaven on the realm of earth is going to come through man exercising the law of dominion. Now, my prayer for you, if this is new to you, and this is not something that you've heard before, you know, don't just believe me. You go read the scriptures. You see what Jesus said. You, you, you read the word yourself and see what Jesus said. But I'm just telling you, when I was taught about the dominion of the kingdom of God and that I am a co-laborer with the Lord, it changed my whole life. I mean, probably up to being saved and, and, and you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit, that was probably the, the next biggest thing. Because I'd, I, you know, it's not, I, I look to God for help, but I understand that God has already released that help to me. It's there. So what I have to do now is I have to say, okay, God, I'm gonna, the tools that you've given me, the authority that you've given me, the power that you've given me, I'm going to take those things now and I'm going to implement them into my life. I don't have to be a slave to this. I don't have to be bound to this. My family doesn't have to be subject to this. No, I have the power to break those generational curses. I have the power to overcome sin in my life. I have the power to live the life that God, I don't have to have anxiety and, and depression and all of that stuff ruling and reigning over me. I have been given dominion, dominion. And tonight I want you to know that you've been given dominion. And so I encourage you, Know who you are in Christ. Know your identity as a son and daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you exercise the dominion that you've been given, and I promise you, you watch your life go in a completely different direction. Amen? Did y'all get something out of this? Amen. Stand with me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the dominion that we've been given through Jesus. We have the victory in Jesus Christ. We have the victory. We have the power through the Holy Spirit. And we have the love and the security of the Father. There's not anything that we cannot accomplish. And Lord, as I pray, those that are listening, God, I just release faith. I release encouragement. I release knowledge and understanding and revelation to the hearts and the minds of the listeners God, so that your word, like you said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. God, I'm praying that you release the knowledge of understanding your word. And Lord, as a result of that, who the sun sets free will be free indeed. God, we will walk in the freedom and we will be used by you, Lord, to set others free. What a blessing to be used by you, God, to set others free. Divine appointments every single day as we know who we are in Christ. Lord, bless our church. Bless our listeners. Go before us, and we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.
Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.